evening and welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. On the show tonight we've got Mr. Dave Elder Pryor. And joining him are Paul Thorpe. Sometimes it feels I was born with two Tommy White. I feel the smoke coming down my cheek. I hear the jokes and your Shuri A.D. Hopper. Watch out for Paul Thorpe's version of Kunai Emery. I got a feeling that I can't let go. Let's settle down now and look for some interesting football chat. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. Yeah, Monday is back upon us, and we're starting the pod, as always, with that voice. Mr. A.D. Hopper is here. How are you doing, Aid? I'm okay, old dog. I'm okay. Excellent. Mr. Paul Thorpe is also here this evening. How are you doing, Thorpey? Yeah, very, very well. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here again. Excellent. And spanking on time, also joining us after a few weeks away, right in time for the introductions, is Mr. Tommy White. How are you doing, Tom? Evening, guys. Check oh it out. Oh, my God. I like those. Oh, God. Oh, can, I have a, can I have a pair of them? Hey, that's, this is the first time I've worn them. Yeah, well, let's hope it's a good omen then. Exactly. Mm. I bought a hat when I went to Old Trafford. I had one since I had it, so I'm going to burn it. <laughs> got to be, that's got to be the worst Christmas present to have been uh, pyjama box. Oh, no, no, Thorpey. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. Hey. <laughs> Oh, what else is he unfolding now? Oh, what's that T-shirt at all? Jumper. Oh, hey, jumper. Tommy, it's oh, been yeah. it's been a little while since Man United have been top of the trees, then. Yeah, oh, shut it. Why did he put ten ags? Ten ag- I could have had this la- next year if he had to put ten ag on the top. Yeah, he could have done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Anyway, happy New Year to you. Happy uh, New Year uh, to everyone. Yeah, same to you, Tom. Same to you, old dog. So, unfortunately, we are going to have to start um, this week's pod with a little bit of sad news, because I'm sure you boys might have seen earlier on today that um, the news broke that German legend Franz Beckenbauer, widely regarded as one of football's greatest players, uh, died at the age of 78. Um, won the World Cup, of course, as captain of West Germany in 1974, and lifted the trophy again as a manager in 1990. And the former defender had 582 uh, played 582 times for Bayern Munich, winning the German top flight as both a player and a manager. So he had that pedigree, both coaching and in his playing days. Nicknamed De Kaiser as a player, he also won the European Championship in 1972, as well as the Ballon d'Or twice. Um, Aid, I'll come to you first, because from my perspective, he's obviously a name that I hear about. There's clips that I've seen, comparisons made, but I've never actually obviously seen him play, just how good was he? Oh, he was pretty good. He was pretty good. I always remember they, they there was always this sort of likening of a, a battle of, of two players. And although he was defined as more of a defender, but uh, him and Bobby Charlton were always clashing in terms of, not clashing for fights, but I mean, just, you know, playing against each other. And uh, no, he was exceptional. He strode around the park like a, you know, like he owned the place. And in most cases he did. Yeah. To be fair, he was he was excellent. He was a really good player and a, a sad loss to football, I'm afraid. What's your thoughts, Thorpey? Well, I, I, I can't say much more than what's already been said. I mean, he, he, he's one of those players that never seemed to get out of second gear, but he was just strolling past people. And he's, it's just his reading of the game was, was, was phenomenal. And um, to score... To score that many, I mean, he scored in in five hundred sixty seventy. Well, basically eighty goals. You know, his international career of hundred was fourteen goals, and just to sort of like see his resume, you know, runner up in Mexico eighty six, you know, winners in nineteen ninety, and you know, all his European stuff, and it's just an unbelievable career. And uh, you know, he's one of the first pioneers over in America, going over with the Cosmos, 
New York Cosmos, with, you know, when Pelly was over there and George Best and Rodney Marsh. And it's just an absolutely phenomenal icon, really, uh, and an ambassador for world football, not just for German football, for world football. And, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be sadly missed. You know, 78 is not no age at all, really, is it? And, um, you know, I, I think that um, I wish he's go out to his family, like, because... Uh, I'm sure he had so much more to give, and um, but just an absolutely, you know. But, but there's real nice people in football, and there's people that you look up to, and he's just one of those people I think that you could always look up to. Um, he, was, he always came over as elegant, didn't he? He was a very yes. elegant man, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, always yeah. looked looked 100. Whichever clothes outfit he might have had on, he looked absolutely pucker, and uh, yeah, you know, he was very very special guy. Yeah, absolutely. Just looking at some of the stats here, Tommy, as well, that he was um, put on a, a man-marking mission during the 1966 World Cup final um, to man-mark Sir Bobby Charlton. And he also scored four goals at that World Cup, even at the age of 20, and went on to win the award for the tournament's best player. What You just look through his entire career and it's just accolade after accolade. Yeah, it's mental. I mean, I think he's like the German Bobby Moore or such. Isn't he? I think he was he was on a lot of telly. I think he had a spell where he was on English television, World Cups and things for quite a while. And yeah, like the guys have said, he was um, you know uh, what what we used to call like sort of person you want to grow up to be. Like he's just a, a class gentleman. Um, and obviously the career he had, he obviously was an absolute natural talent. Um, you know, I know he used to play sort of a lot of sweeper, and you know, um, I think he kind of made the that role um, fashionable and sort of quite silky, whereas defending generally is not sort of something that people like to do. But I think he had a class about him and the way he played that position was like um, revolutionary, really. I think he was just a you know an absolute gift of a footballer that they come along very rare. Um, and obviously he's massively sad. Um, but like I said, we're privileged to have been able to watch him and to see such a talented man. Um, and like the guys have said, it's obviously a shame at 78. It's nowadays, it's no age. So, um, yeah, sad for all his family and everyone connected with him. As well, eh? Just looking at the this, this stats here and the fact that he was a as good a manager as possibly was as a player, I mean, maybe that's hard to do because he was such a good player. But you do need to look at the players that have gone into management in this day and age and how that hasn't quite levelled out when you're at an elite player doesn't necessarily make you an elite manager, but he mm. sort of was definitely both of those categories. I think he broke the mould really on that on that category, definitely. You know, I mean, it's it's a it's quite an achievement to win the World Cup, isn't it? I mean, you know, how many people have gone well, on yeah. playing to management Three. and win the World Cup? Three, is Three. it? Mm. And he's won, obviously. So, yeah. You know, no, no, may you rest in peace. Yeah, well said, gentlemen. As I say, some sad news to kick off the podcast uh, tonight as we record. But focusing then on Yeovil Town, as we always do. Uh, Thorpe, you were there with myself on Saturday for yep. Yeovil Town taking on Bath City, of course, in a local derby. And Yeovil coming out 2-0 winners, goals from Jordan Young and... Frank Newblay in the second half. It's since come out as well that Jordan Young has signed a new contract, so we'll touch a little bit on that as well. But in terms of Saturday, Paul, pretty decent performance from the Glovers. Job done, really. Um, do you know, you say decent performance. Yeah, it was job done, absolutely. But you, didn't you get the feeling that they, that they could do so more, much more? You know, it's, um, I don't know about yeah, you, I do. but I, yeah. I, I honestly, honestly think, yeah, listen, very professional job done. Um, two nil win. You'll take that before the game started. But when you were actually there, I mean, they, they, they sucked suck up the little bit of the pressure at the start. Is that not what, sort of epitomise a lot of the performances so far this season? That the quality is what's obviously got them through? No, absolutely. The quality of the players is definitely what's got them through. But there's so much more that they could be doing to, to be more aggressive in their attacking ability throughout and, and really put teams to the sword. And I feel it's almost like they're holding back, doing this passing round at the back, which is, listen, is modern-day football, and I get it. You've got It's all about the ball possession. But if, when they actually, like, in, you know, and I think you'll agree with me, if you don't, please say, but if when they got aggressive and they actually played at a faster pace, 
got it and they looked dangerous. And when they yeah. fizzed that ball into the front men and worked off them and, and got their midfielders playing higher up the park, you know, they, they weren't like, well, creating chances. And um, you just wish they, they could do that a little bit more for longer periods of the game, if you know what I mean. Would that be accurate? Yeah, I would say that was accurate. I think we mentioned referenced it in commentary, didn't we? That even though there was a lot of possession, yeah, there was only a few moments that made you think, "Oh, that is, you've know, really stepped it up." Then, and it was yeah. that was that was epitomised in the goal when Nuble ran forward. Then he managed to play a pass out that just split the entirety of defence, and then within three passes, the Oval found themselves one nil up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and then, uh, but but listen. At the end of the day, they've they got a job to do. Got to win the game. They've done that. 2-0 against uh, Bath. I mean, we spoke to to uh, Jerry Gill afterwards. And, um, you know, he said in, all, in both both games, they, they basically had four chances. You know, and they've, they've actually scored three goals. So, he was disappointed, wasn't he? But he felt that they performed really, really well against Jovo. And I have to agree with him. I think that, I think that was a really fair assessment that, you know, they made a really good standing against uh, 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 what is supposedly the the, 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 um, the class in the league, which is now showing because they're obviously 10 points clear, hopefully 13 points clear by the end of tomorrow night. Yeah, Tom, I don't know what you've seen of um, Yeovil or certainly results from when we last spoke to you on the pod, but just looking at it now that they're 10 points clear and of course they've got that game in hand are playing Taunton Town tomorrow as we as we record this. Yeah, Me and Thorpe, were, Thorpe and I were both saying that Yeovil, even though they obviously want to keep on kicking on with wins, it seems as though that they don't necessarily almost need to take care of their own business because the teams around them tend to always take points off each other every week. And I say Yeovil sitting in a very nice position indeed at the moment, 10 points clear. Yeah, funny enough, I was looking today, and I think outside of um, the Premier League, the, I think it's only Chesterfield in all the divisions have got a better home record than than Yeovil. Um, so you know that that's fantastic, isn't it? Because firstly, it's great to be winning your home games, making your home ground a fortress, and great for the fans, obviously, to see some you know some winning football. Um, yeah, and as you were talking about uh, the results, yeah, I've noticed a few teams like Averley, they seem to have dropped right off lately. They they. Yeah, and what's happening there? Um, and there's a few strange results. Like um, I know Slav were winning at the weekend, and he had a man sent off, and still went on to win. Um, so yeah, I have been sort of keeping a good um, eye on the, the the games more recently. Um, now it's getting sort of a bit juicy, as we say. But yeah, at the minute it, it all looks good. And like you guys are saying about the result um, against Bath, at the end of the day, I think you know three points. And I know everyone wants to see nice football, but you know. Ten, ten more three-point victories and ten more hope. Sorry, ten more victories, and you'd like to think that's probably yeah. the title kind of wrapped up, sort of thing. So obviously, Absolutely. the sooner you can get them, the better. And, and at the end of the day, that that's what that's what this season's about for them, isn't it? Is getting up a division um, and then building again and kicking on again from there, which I'm sure they'll be looking to do and you know, give themselves a great chance to do so. And in terms of attendances, aid they. Was he broke the record, um, the National League South record at, uh, when Weymouth came to town. They then did it again when Taunton came to town. Wasn't quite as many for the Bath game, but it was 5,032, I think it was. Obviously, it's a local derby, but getting those sorts of numbers first week of January, that sort of says it all, really. Well, it does, especially in this league as well. I mean, you know, we've got to remember this is National League South. It's not National League, it's National League South, which is one lower. So to get that sort of a crowd, 6,000 odd, I mean, that's phenomenal. But yeah, when, you, when, you, when you see the way they're playing, and uh, you know, I was watching the, the, the goal. The first goal was a sweeping move and, you know, clinical bang in the net. The second one, OK, was a bit of a tap in from Newblay. My brain's going a bit, you know, it's the old age thing. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and you know, I'm sure they settle for a, a sweeping move and a tap in every every week, sort of thing. And you know, they seem to be getting it quite a bit as well. Yeah, most definitely. And Thorpe, I just want to touch on Jordan Young. Like I said at the start of this piece, that he yeah. signed a new contract. A lot of eyes have been on him and what he's been able to produce this season. 
and yeah. it's just sort of a testament and, and a good reward for what he's been able to to put towards the the club on the pitch so far this season. Well, he's certainly been uh, one of the shining lights uh, of the season. Um, you know, along alongside uh, Matty Worthington's work rate and class in, in, in this level of football, like. But certainly, Jordan Young. I mean, he's he's shone out, and his consistency through this season has been really, really good so far. And long may that continue, because you know, if we do go up, he's got extended. How long is his, his contract extended for? Another two years. Yeah, so I think it takes into the end of twenty twenty six. Yeah, right. So that's a really good signing, you know, and it gives him something to really push for. Um, to extend his career along, you know, into a higher level is that, you know, next year, if we do go up and pray we do go up, I mean, it's ours to lose now, really, isn't it? So, um, you know, to take it to the next level and, and, and try and find that consistency again next year um, and take his, his career and his it, it, to the next level now. So uh, that's a really good challenge for him. And, and it's exciting times for him because, you know, if that, that if he can take this level of confidence through to next season, then um, we're, we're going to have an extremely valuable player that will demand a, a, a decent fee if we ever got, got rid of him. Just out of interest, Thorpe, did you see the announcement video that Yeovil posted? Of no, I've not him. seen anything yet. Uh, okay. If, um, busy. if you guys haven't seen it, I suggest you have a little look at it because I was taken back by surprise a little bit because the music that accompanied it with a thank you, Jordan, Piece. It it looked like that he'd passed away or something. I, it was only really in, it was only really at the end where I saw oh he signed a new contract. So yeah. it, it wasn't quite the vibe that I would have necessarily have gone with. But hey, still good news all round. It's like a memorial service for yeah. a new contract, like you know what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, still, good good news at the end of it, and it's always good to see like different inventive ways of making these making these announcements but that did that did tickle me probably for the wrong reasons but um while you're on the subject of contracts i see our good friend yes. alex fisher has moved on loan to mm. oxford city which is uh, uh great for oxford city not so good for us and we've lost a potential uh, uh guest on um the pod but uh, alex was always very very eloquent when he came on and uh, you know he's he's a, a lovely lad and wish him all the best especially after having to suffer that that uh, broken leg i mean that was horrendous and you know he's... not for long though aid it must be said he's on an initial one month loan i think just yeah. to try and get um fitness up so i guess it depends after that yeah. whether or not they decide to keep it going to the end of the season or you'll yeah. have him back yeah quite but uh, but good luck to him on that anyway and uh, you know it's good to see him back playing again because you know, it could quite quite easily have gone the wrong way. So uh... certainly, th- I, I do think it's a really good move for for him at this sort of stage. You, you know, when he came back initially, he had 15 minutes, and he went straight into the Bath away game for 90 minutes, and and, it, and his energy was really really good. But I think enjoying his football, Bath, uh, Oxford City. You know, I think that that's a really good move. It means he can relax, enjoy his football. I think he was there before Thorpey as well. So it's a bit of a reconnection going back to what he knows as well. Absolutely fantastic. You know, so he knows the people. So he'd be more relaxed, you know. And hopefully, by by being relaxed and enjoying his football, he might be able to get a few few more goals and, um, you know, come back to the Oval with a bit more incentive to actually, you know, uh, take it it again uh, that little bit further and uh, be successful at the Oval. Oxford City, of course, in the National League at the moment. It's very strange when you see somebody loaned up from the division below, but you can sort of understand the uh, the reasoning behind this one. And not only that, there's an abundance of striking talent at Yeovil at the moment, isn't there? So Absolutely. by all means, go out and see what you can do. But also they know him. They, they, they know him. So like, you know, the fact that they know him, that, 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 that encouragement to be come back and, and enjoy your football and... Uh, get some good 90 minutes of football or as much as he can, you know, whilst he's building those muscles back up. It's not easy coming back from an injury. I'll tell you that it's, uh, you know, it takes you quite a while to get those muscles back into um, into match fitness. And um, hopefully this will give him an opportunity to do that. Yeah, especially when you've been out for a length of time. I think um, you you think you're fit, even though you're able and you can join in training and, you know, you're, you're functioning and stuff. It still takes... Depends how long you've been out exactly, but as an example for me, I was once I was out for twenty three months. It probably took me ten games realistically before I was actually mm. back. Then you you have sort of moments where you think actually now I'm fit. You, you're fit to play. Don't get me wrong, but 
after a few more games at like five, six, seven, eight, then you think actually, you know, now now I feel like I would like to fill the rest of my career sort of thing. So it yeah. does take a while. And um obviously it'll if he can get plenty of minutes under his belt, then like I said, it's a chance for him to come back into the fold and see if he can earn himself another contract or, or get himself in the in the first team picture for next year as well. Mm. Dave, have you heard how um Josh got on in his first game for Borenwood? I didn't check it this morning. No, I think he did play, didn't he, Thorpe? But they were because they were were they on the telly? Uh they were on the telly, yes, uh on um BT Sport. Other ones are obviously available. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, the uh, 1 1 draw, uh, and he got a good old booking as well, so um, a decent day's work. Oh, well, good for that, anyway. That's, uh, that's what we want to hear. Yeah. yeah, early days, but yeah, it seems to have started quite well up there. Yeah. As for as for Yeovil, then, um, Tom, it's Taunton next um, on Tuesday, uh, 9th of January. We record this on the Monday, so the. 24 hours before hopefully the game does go ahead because they have had flooding issues um yeah, up at Tottenham, which is why the first game was then able to be played obviously they played uh at hewish park on boxing day which ended in a 4-1 win do you think that result and particularly performance from yeovil will stand them in good stead for this one because i don't know if you've seen what's been happening at taunton but does seem that they're in a bit of a bad way at the moment, certainly off the field, and they're having to. Yeah. They're in all sorts of financial trouble, and then Yeovil have had to have been able to capitalise on it, taking a couple of their players as well. But it looks like that Yeovil are going there at a good time from their perspective, but not so good for Taunton. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, Taunton have got quite a good home record. Um, they don't let in too many at home either. I think they've let in eight in their ten games at home. Um, so obviously it's not going to be easy. But obviously with that four-one victory. And let's be fair, you know, the, the table doesn't lie where Yeovil are. They're very, very strong on every team. You know, we, we said this at the start of the season, didn't we? You know, they're a big, we are a big club. People are going to want to beat Yeovil. It's their big day. Um, and, you know, the tables, luckily, and hopefully it stays that way, is is, is telling the truth. Um, so you've got to still fancy Yeovil. Obviously, I did hear there's something going on, one of the captain as well, in it, or something, something that we probably don't want to talk about on radio. But, um, uh, yeah, so that's quite bad. And it might be one of those that they've looked at the table, which a lot of clubs do this time of year, realise they're not really going to go up. And then they start to pull in the, to- the purse strings and, you know, start to almost give up, really. And then maybe save it for another year or another t- a tilt later on. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think Yeovil will be strong, strong favourites. Uh, obviously, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy because it won't be. But you'd have to strongly fancy Yeovil, full of confidence, going there to having beaten them recently. And uh, and win, and at least Yeovil are going to go to Taunton and take a, a pretty big crowd with them, which from Taunton's perspective must be a, a godsend if they are in financial difficulties, which we understand is the case. So that that'll help, you know, quite quite significantly. I would have thought. <clears throat> well, as always, then we always like to do a little bit of a prediction on these podcasts so uh age you want to go first stick your neck out taunton versus yeovil what are you thinking edge your bets mm. I, I could quite see a repeat of the home game actually nice um, if they you know if they play anything like they did against bath city i think uh i think they'll be far too strong for taunton so yeah 4-1 Thorpe? i'm gonna go for a 3-1 um i think that um um with the, the, the lack of, of, of like, you've got Joe Guest has gone, you know, Nick McCutie's gone and, and two others have gone. So they've lost four decent players um, there. And because of that uh, lack of quality, you know, listen, they'll give it a good old shot for sure at home. You know, and, uh, like Sorry for throwing there. you under the bus the other day about um, McCutie. Yeah, no, um, just, just, just for reference, Paul, Paul Thorpe on Boxing Day, as he said, um, Makuti's made a difference coming on for Taunton and it'll be a handful in the reverse game as soon as those words left his mouth Makuti got sent off and he now no longer plays for the club <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, absolute classic eh? talk about yeah, the kiss of death so, that was a beauty yeah, Thorpe, that one. so lots of players around this area now don't want to be mentioned like, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, you're getting a lot of last-minute injuries when they hear that Paul Thorpe's commentating <laughs> yeah. for Three Valleys Radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dear me. 
But I just, I just think that obviously with, all, with what's going on at the club, a little bit of unrest. They say it doesn't affect the players. Um, it shouldn't do, but you never know. And I just think that probably Yeovil at the moment are on a decent enough form. The quality of their play should sort of like come to light. And um, you know, I'd like to think that they've got enough in the tank to to certainly get quite a you know a three nil or three one. Um, and um, you know, get those valuable three points, so we're thirteen points clear at the top of the table. Look what I'm going to have in a minute. Is that on your diary requirements? All ten. What all ten? <laughs> no, not all ten. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? They always joke that as soon as the uh, Christmas is over, Easter eggs and cream eggs are just in the shop straight away. And uh, Ad Hopper has just confirmed that theory by holding up some Cadbury's cream eggs. I probably can't say that. That's product are, placement now, hey, isn't hey, it? They're, they're not, a, ten, a ten pack. They yeah. really did ten in a pack. <laughs> They're not in the shop because Amy's got them all. <laughs> <laughs> Just to round off the um, the Taunton chat, then Tom, what do you reckon? I'll be honest with you. I, I was thinking three one, but since Thorpe is nicked that and beat me to it, I'm I'm going to go right out there and go five one. Five one. Oh, <laughs> nice. I'm not going two one. There's two tight. I think five one. Four nil up at half time, and then a uh, nice little one all coaster for the second half. Well, look at that then. From 5-1, we'll now go to our FA Cup roundup. But there's obviously a lot of games, so I'm not going to be able to go through all of them. So we'll just pick out certain ones. So we'll do it sort of day by day. And on Thursday, so going from 5-1 to 0-0, Tom, because it was a disappointing one between Palace and Everton. But I just want to touch on it because there was the red card for Calvert-Lewin that seemed to raise a few eyebrows. What was your thoughts on it? Did you see it? I did see it, yeah. Um Again, it's one of those, when you slow it down, it could look a little bit worse because it's kind of one of those where Gavin Williams used to do a lot of these sort of, used to slide along to try and keep the ball in play. You know, you slide past the ball and hook your leg over the top of it to try and stop it from going out. And he's, he's kind of done that. And as he's done it, the opposition player is pulled out of going for the ball. So it does look bad, but it wasn't. Um, it didn't touch him, pretty much. Um, it's... I'd be devastated if that was... I mean, if that's given, I mean, you know, I remember when I was playing and Thorpe's a little bit before me, I mean, there'd be two or three sending off a game if, if that yeah. is a, if that's a red card. Yeah. Um, you know, but in our day, there'd have been two or three red cards in every single game because, you know, we, we kind of had the attitude that if you aren't going to go for this 50-50, then you're going to get hurt because I am. Um, and that sort of challenge, he, he, he got the ball cleanly. They didn't even touch the guy. So, yes. Yeah, for me, so did they overturn that one or not? Because they were talking on the radio as if it's yeah, definitely they, going to get overturned. But they've appealed it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I haven't seen an update on it. But the way they were, like Ali McCoy and that were talking on on your um, rival station, um, <laughs> he was talking as if there's no way this can't get overturned. So it's a, it's a crazy one, isn't it? Listen, what it, the, 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 the actual technique of sliding in, and yeah. putting your your foot over the top of the ball to drag it back. I mean, this, these guys have obviously never played the game because that was fantastic technique. Unfortunately, he clipped the guy's leg, you know, but it wasn't wasn't intentional. There was no merit to it. The guy pulled out, didn't he? He pulled yeah. out and he barely, I think he barely touched them. You know, and I, and I, you know I, I've been wondering about, yeah, this slowing it down in slow-mo looks worse. And I'll tell you now, I'm, I'm all for, like, don't don't slow it down. See it, see it for what it is at, at the pace of the game, what it is, because... When you slow it down, it doesn't really... It just makes it look worse. You know, getting caught... Listen, how many times have we been caught, Tom? Loving hell. You know, it, I see some of the little knocks and they go down. It's bloody sometimes embarrassing. You know, and they roll around and whatnot. And when you get to see something like that, which was really good technique, but he caught his leg, and then he gets sent off for it, I just... Uh, the game's gone balmy for me. I just... Uh, does my nutting, really, like. But, because, um, you know, he, he's not he's not that malicious a player, is he? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, again, it's the letter of the law and is, is is what they're taking. Again, I think it's one of those they talk about putting, you know, former players in the VAR boxes and, you know, they don't even need to be, you know, someone of, you know, any great ilk. I think, uh, you know, an, an average League Two player who's played it for 10 or 15 years would look at that challenge and go, there's nothing malicious in that. No, there wasn't. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, these are things obviously people talk about, but... Yeah, as for the game, it wasn't a great game and obviously probably a 
I've replayed it. Neither of them would prefer, although neither of them are in Europe, so they shouldn't really moan. Because I think I heard about um, the Nuno Espirito Santos complaining that they got too many games, and I think um, is it is it Bolton or someone have played? I know Bolton played Luton, but Bolton have played like thirty five games already this season. Forest have only played twenty two, and they're yeah. moaning they can't replay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it wasn't a great game, but like I said, they probably don't want the the replay. But um, go and win the game in it in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the thing. It wasn't the uh, most tasty start to the FA Cup weekend, starting on Thursday and kicking off with a nil-nil. Um, Friday wasn't really much better in the offering. We had uh, one all between Brentford and Wolves. Fulham got a one-nil win over Rotherham, and the same at Spurs and Burnley. Um, Aid, I'll chuck it to you. Friday night, there wasn't really too many shocks, other than the fact that you might have expected Fulham to have got more at home to Rotherham and possibly Spurs to get more at home to Burnley. Yes, you would. His goal needs to mention now. That goal needs to mention. Pedro Boyle's yeah, goal. Definitely. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, it was a great goal, wasn't it? It was a great goal. But I think, you know, Spurs are going to suffer. Well, we'll see. But, but you know, they've lost Harry Kane and now they've lost Son for a month or more. Um, this could be quite a difficult period. That's all right. Sperm. It's all right. They've signed Timo Werner. Oh yeah, well that's that's going to make all the difference, isn't it? <laughs> um, but um, of course, when they're coming to Old Trafford, is it next week? I think, isn't it? Or is it the week after? Yeah. It's, it's pretty pretty soon, anyway. So um, I think Spurs are going to maybe have a bit of a you know torrid time. I might be wrong, but um, of course, when you go and score goals like that one from Porro, was it was a hell of a shot, wasn't it? To be fair, um, they're a good watch, though, aren't they? Tottenham, in fairness, they are a good mm, watch at the yeah. moment. They are, they're attacking. Yeah. They are going. They're trying to win games. I mean, they tend to blow up a little bit. Maybe they haven't quite got their fitness levels, or their um, they don't store enough back. But you know, they have a go. That's for sure. I like, I like the manager though. He's, he's, he's such a refreshing type of, of approach to the game. And you know, they're not going to sit back and, and bore people to death. They're going to go for it. And if it comes off, well, great. But if it doesn't, well, we're going to keep trying nonetheless. So, good luck to them from that perspective. Just quickly on Fulham Rotherham, um, uh, Thorpe, because you mentioned on our preview pod that you thought there might be a cheeky little upset on there, and it was only one nil. Yes, it was only one nil. Um, no, it, to be fair, they, they they worked hard. To be fair, and um, you know, and uh, Fulham eventually you know got their break breakthrough. Um, but yeah, yeah, in the twenty fourth minute, but the the Cordova read. And great strike. Um, rifle keeper had absolutely no chance there. But I thought that rather made a good account of themselves, to be fair, and um, they should be proud of their performance. But yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, I thought it might have been a few more. But uh, you have to compliment them for their hard work and what they put into the game. You know, so, uh, but they're through. That's another game, you know, again, what you've got to do is get through and they've done it. So fair play to them. There's a slight worrying aspect to all this, though, of course, that. So far, we haven't really had what you could call any major upsets. And, uh, there's one more game to go, which I'm a little bit concerned about tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and, uh, no, no, I think we're going to win that. There'll be no upset there. I hope you're right, Tom. I'll put you down for a little 3-1 win. So, uh, well, I never, I never bet on United. Kiss of death if you I bet you nice. To be fair, you, you should be fine, but uh, there's always that. I mean, Maidstone was a fantastic. Well, look, let's let's so. let's talk about that now because I want to go through. Obviously, there's a lot that happened on Saturday. So, Thorpe, you've mentioned it there. I think when Maidstone got Stevenage uh, in the <coughs> FA Cup third round draw, they would have been a, they'd have every right to feel disappointed, even though that they're obviously a League One League One team, aren't they? Um, at the moment, under Steve Evans, going quite well, but um, the fact that they've come out got themselves a 1-0 win here into the hat for round four, which I think is tonight at the time of recording, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's before the game starts. Before the game. So uh, they've got to be hoping now that George Ellicobi's team can get a nice plum draw after that into round four. Brilliant for them. Well, I, I've got to say, first and foremost, it's like, what a performance. I mean, they really, really took the game um, to Stevenage and they didn't really have much, much to answer. Um, back and uh, Steve Evans will be extremely disappointed with their performance, like because normally his sides really do give give a good account of themselves. But uh, you know, looking at that game, I thought you know Stevenage they'll work hard and they'll just bamboozle Maidstone. But it was totally the opposite, and um, what a fantastic win for their football club! And I I really do hope they get an absolute plum tie at home, or if not, 
absolutely massive side away so they can you know, re reap the benefits of the um, revenue from that game. Of course, the, the finance that they get from the television these days is nothing like as what it used to be. No. It's, it's dropped right back since they share it around, you know, ITV and TNT and everybody gets a bite of the cherry. But if you think back to when we played Liverpool, Yeovil that is, um, I'm pretty sure that there was a figure of about 250,000 they got for that game. Well, you're not getting anything like that these days. Yeah, I think it depends which TV company take it and stuff like that, doesn't it? Because I think some, mm. some go to BT or... TNT and whatever it is now, but yeah, it's, it's not. It's not. You know, I mean, before it, it was MOT, GCSE, B and Q. Yeah, everybody <laughs> thought it was a major. You know, tr if you drew out a, a Premier League side, you knew gone on the telly, two hundred and fifty grand in your bin. Lovely job. Let's have a bit of that. But now these these mm. days, there's nothing like as much as that. A lot of teams miss out as well because look at Maidstone; they're in. Like we've just been touching on they were in the FA Cup third round but because they got Stevenage mm. you know the TV cameras aren't interested but it's no. still a story it's still a, a game that probably should have been televised somewhere particularly with all the streaming services that we have available yeah. now so they'll be hoping that regardless of who they get in the next round Tommy that they've got to be on telly now surely yeah I I see what you're saying 100% but like, I'm not being funny Maidstone Stevenage is on telly I'm not I'm not watching that I'm not. No. I'm sorry. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. Obviously, it, you know, you're not are... a football pervert like me, then. <laughs> no, 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 there's so much football on nowadays, isn't there? You know, like, like yeah, I agree know, with that. It's it's like you've just said there. We had football on. I think December there was a game on every single day, near enough, apart from the obvious days, um, right through to sometime in January. So, you know, like for me, I'm going to watch football. It's got to be a, a decent a decent watch or at least something you've got uh, a personal passion in which I understand obviously a lot of people will for Maidstone don't get me wrong um, but yeah for me that and, and unfortunately that's probably why they weren't on um, don't get me wrong if they had someone you know a league team at home maybe like a, a championship team or something there might have been a chance but um, so sorry to uh, not be uh, Mr. Mr. Happy about Maidstone <laughs> being on BBC or, or ITV or ever um, but yeah, all I, the Maidstone I, fans will be coming for you. Now, yeah, I do apologise, Maidstone. <laughs> I don't know what you're called. What, what's their nickname, Maidstone? Uh, <laughs> Spitfires or something? I'm not sure. The Stoners. <laughs> that was it. Uh, <laughs> Probably better not calling that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, that's hey, it's their choice. Um, I don't agree with it, but there we are. Um, yeah, but for me, yeah, it's not something I would have been too bothered about watching. Uh, I that's... still want to know the score. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah. So that's, sorry. That's fair enough. Sorry if well, my opinion gets gets to someone high up on ITV <laughs> and they don't end up coming on the next round, no matter who they get. You, you, be fair, you, you're right because when when you want to like you want a top game, don't you? And then you you get got a, a game like Sunderland v, v Newcastle, which is you were hoping was going to be like a real humdinger. Poppy, you're doing game. my job for me. Yeah? I know, let's I let's, know, let's go. I let's know, go on to it then. You've you've said it. Go it, go it, on. Tom's right in it because, like, you know, you want want a spectacular game or or, or something that epitomises the FA Cup, you know, and and, and it's, it's Sunderland v Newcastle, and, and um, you know they tried, they tried, but just outclassed, completely outclassed, and um, you know, valuable three three nil winners um, away from home, and um, you know, and uh, you know what I thought was really interesting, even before the game started, there was controversy in this one because. They'd taken over all the bars and then painted it all in black and white. You know, absolutely disgrace how the club can allow that to happen. But, um, well, I they suggested it, didn't they? Well, yeah. I can't believe it. I, I mean, listen, I can't believe it. And uh, they should have every right to be hacked off with their club allowing that to happen. You know, so let's uh, hope so, uh, Newcastle were paying to put it back right as, uh, again. Newcastle needed that though, eh, didn't they? Because they've just been on a little bit of a slidey slope, too much for um, Eddie Howe's liking and probably the board. So getting a nice big one in the derby, albeit Sunderland in the championship, that will still mean an awful lot to them all. Mm, they'll probably get Maidstone in the next round. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, they, they, that uh, Alexander Isak, or Isak, uh, class finisher, I like the way he... he he looks dangerous, doesn't he, when he gets the ball anywhere near the goal. And, you know, he scored two nice goals for Newcastle and uh, totally put Sunderland to bed. I've always 
when I was working at Yeovil, you know, my, my dream was to get United down and I was lucky enough to be there for two of those games. But um, the, the other game that I was always hoping might happen never did and that was for the Yeovil to get Sunderland at, at Hewish Park, you know, after 1948, yeah. yeah, 49, yeah, 49. Alex Stoke? Um, it would have been great, you know, and it, well, it could still happen, of course, you know, but uh, I think that would be quite a, a memory jerker, that one. Yeah, one one for the ages, that one aid, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know I'm showing my age, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I didn't actually go to the game, I hasten to add. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, you know. But no, Newcastle, I mean, yeah, they, they, you know, they, they've... They've had a bit of a dodgy time, and whilst everybody tells me that you can't quote injuries as being a major problem, so therefore United are just rubbish, they, they haven't had any injuries, in fact they have, they've probably had as many or more than Newcastle have had. So, um, you know, it just goes to show you that they, they do make a difference to a team's performance. You take after decent players out of the team, and it's bound to suffer. What about Sheffield United then, Tommy? Because... A few eyes were on this one. They're going to a tricky on paper, going to uh, 10th place Gillingham in League Two, but uh, they made light work of it in the end, 4 0 winners. Yeah, again, Gillingham, they had a great start to the season. I know still, they're still doing okay, but again, they, they don't let many in. They're quite well organised and quite a tough team. So, yeah, to score four, that, to be fair to me, that, that kind of that should happen. I mean, I don't say it should. That's what you'd expect from a Premier League team going away to Gillingham. You know, I know it doesn't happen all that often as such, but that's what the score should be for the class. You know, the Premier League at the end of the day, I know they're a struggling Premier League team, but they are a Premier League. That is the golfing difference for me. Um, so whilst that is a good result, obviously it, it does, hopefully it gives them a bit of confidence to realise that, you know, they really are that class. Um, obviously they're, a, they've got a tough job and Chris Wilder has obviously gotten going a little bit, but you know, you think it's too late and they are not going to have enough for me anyway to, to stay up. But Never know. Never know. Looking elsewhere, Kiefer Moore got himself on the score sheet down at Loftus Road. And a bit two of a no thriller, down, that two one. Down as well, didn't they? 2 down, yeah. Bournemouth yeah. turning that one around. That one was your goals, goals, goals offering. And uh, Bournemouth might be able to fancy themselves for a bit of a cup run, possibly, couldn't they? Yeah, they're playing well. I've watched them a few times. Um, and when they beat Man United, I was far, I wasn't surprised at all. Um they are lively going forward. They're that Tavernier, uh, Solanke, obviously. Um, they are a lively team, Bournemouth, and, and they have a go as well. So I hope they do uh, get a good cup run or, or you know, get a few good, a few more good victories under their belt because they're quite a decent watch. And I, I, I've enjoyed them recently. So, um, yeah, they're a good side. This new manager they've got, though, certainly seems to have livened them up a bit, doesn't he? Yeah, they, they had a tricky start, although I think they did, yeah. from what other people were saying, they were playing quite well. But obviously, now things are sort of falling into place a little bit more. But like I said, for me, their front three in particular are very lively and they are, um, they're a good side to watch. Little shout out to Tom Bailey. Evening, Tom Bailey. Seeing as uh, you know why I'm calling you out, Mr. Iriola should have been sacked back in October. <laughs> <laughs> well, careful what you say. Yeah, just like the Maidstone fans all finding Tom White's email address. Yeah. I'm sure they're the yeah. former fans are looking at Tom Bailey's. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thorpe, I'll come to you next because you were predicting on the Stoke Brighton game. You were saying about your granddad's team being involved with this one. And we did get goals, goals, goals as expected. And it was... Uh, 4-2 to Brighton here. There's a hell of a goal as well from a Stupanan. If you saw saw that one, set up nicely for him on the volley. Uh, yeah. Buried it into the bottom corner. And Brighton yeah. got to the semi-finals last season, missing out on Penns to Man United. They might be eyeing this one up, albeit they've got Europe to concentrate on as well. But a good start for them. They have got Europe to, to think about, haven't they? Like, but, you know, um, listen, they got to the final before, you know, with old Steve Foster with a big headband. So, yeah. um, that was against United yeah. as well. That was against United. Eight one, yeah. wasn't it? Hmm. It was what? Sorry, was that eight nine eight one? Oh, eight I'm one. Sure. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, it was a decent final. Went to a second game, didn't it? Um, and uh, then Man United done a mini replay. Wasn't I'm, it? I must have been out that day. Yeah, I think I think so. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, again, Stoke um, made a really good good account of themselves and uh, really made a, a decent battle of this game. But with um, 
you know, two two late uh, goals in the 71st and 80th minute from Joe Pedro um, really, really put them to the sword eventually, like, you know, so, um, but yeah, it was, really, you know, I thought I thought maybe there was an odd chance that they, this, this could have been a little upset and um, I was praying for my granddad's side that it wasn't and um, thankfully it um, it proved that they, they just had a little bit of like that, say that golfing class that Tom was on about, Premier League class to be able to get over the line. They, they, they're they're a good enough side, and when they play well, and you know there's a possibility that could happen in the cup games. So they 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 could go a long way in this competition. Talking of Stoke, I was reading the Racing Post. Uh, I think it was today that um, uh, I'm not sure what her first name is. Uh, Mrs. Coates, who runs Bet Three Six Five, has had to uh, invest nearly a million. Uh, into some of the uh, expansion ideas they've got at the company, and she hasn't been able to draw her dividend this year. I'm absolutely gutted oh, for her. What, what, a, what an absolute shame for her. Yeah, I'm absolutely gutted for her. I mean, she's probably had about five million <laughs> in the meantime, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. What a shame she couldn't draw another 50 million. Yeah. It's tragic. Well, look, talk, talk, talking of 50 million, that takes us nicely to Stamford Bridge because um, <laughs> Chelsea aid. Um, routine against Preston, four 0 winners here. They've um, they've just sort of picked up a little bit of form in the last five games or so. But then you would have expected the quality to have come through in this one, wouldn't you? You would, but at the same time, whilst they have picked up, and there's no doubt that they have, there's still the odd little, um, you know, odd result popping in occasionally when you're not expecting it. They've had, I don't know how many winners they've had now. It must be four or five in the last six or seven games, but they have had a few dodgy ones in there as well. So. You never quite know, do you? And I'm not convinced by Pochettino over there, either. Yeah, I think unreliable is the word for me mm. uh, for for Chelsea at the minute. Mm. Yeah, yeah. then Preston made a decent shot of it first half. It was like, you know, like goals. First goal came in the 58th minute, so they they they've done probably a little bit of tiredness, um, sort of creeping into their sort of like team at that stage and. Um, and then obviously then the the Chelsea team ran riot, but um, but uh, again it's, it's still you know it's quite a, a long time in the game and um, until they went went been, were put to the sword. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a decent enough win. But like you say, they're they're inconsistent, aren't they? Well, I'm going to go to Unai Emery now because uh, Villa got a late win up at Middlesbrough. Um, Unai, what are your thoughts on that one? Super Unai Emery. <laughs> <laughs> A very, 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 very good win. Very good win. My miss, my missus is clapping in the background. She's a massive Villa fan. So she's even. <laughs> hey, we, hey, Tommy, you don't know we've got our very own Unai Emery sat around this panel. <laughs> don't we, Unai? Go on. I do. I do one very small impression, and they think I'm Unai Emery. Like, but, uh, yeah, very, very good. What win. you do? Just win. put a load of grease in your hair. Put a greasy <laughs> wig on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. You're going to be stuck yeah, with this one for now, Forfy. Tom. Tom, the missus must be well excited because they're having a decent season and he's got them playing. And um, yeah, you know, they're another team that could go all the way. Could go all the way. Yeah, we like I said, we've been up a few times as, as a guy in Bristol who's got a few tickets gets gets tickets behind the opposite the whole end. Um, we've been a yeah. few times this season, and even like as soon as he took over, really, to be honest with you, they it's clear how they want to play. Do you know what I mean? They're a good side. They keep possession well. They do yeah. attack. They're solid at the back. They keep a nice high line. They're a good side. Martinez is a decent shot stopper. He makes good saves. Oh, he's a um, good keeper. Conta, I tell you what, he is so underrated. Conta, yeah. he is honestly, he is very, very good. Um, yeah, they're they're a real steady side. I, I hope they don't sell anyone because obviously people have been after um, Dougie Louise. I think Arsenal been after him for quite a while. Um, so if they can keep that squad together, yeah, I mean top four is is a push, but they've a squeak, they've a squeak at it. Um, but they're, they're, again, they are brilliant to watch. They really are. Yeah. Um, again, they have actually got the best home record in the in the Premier League. I think they're in Liverpool actually. I think they. I think yeah, they've drawn one and one eight. So they. Were, were you just told then, Tom, to ensure you got that in? <laughs> yeah, she's, she's she's waving at me in the background. Second in the league. Yeah, I know, babe. You're second in the league. I get it. All right, Tom. Tom, you can tell her that. This Tell is your that... podcast, babe. Sit down. <laughs> Tom, you should mention to her that... Um, oh, I've forgotten his name now. The guy at Bristol Rovers. Um, oh, come on. Help me. Uh, 
The one who got hey, sacked. Who was, who was at Bristol Rovers? Yeah, what, what's his name? I can't Gary. Hey, Joey Barton. Barton, that's it. Yeah, tell it. Yeah. He's not on the panel. <laughs> yeah. No. And nor, and nor will he be anytime soon, just for clarification. <laughs> oh, I, I tell you what, I bet he would liven it up, though, if he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'll have a go. Yeah. He'd want to do it sat next to someone. Yeah. Uh, well, moving on. I tell you what I just want to mention. Sorry to nip in there, but if there'll be do it, why can't I? Um, Fair point. Um, Fair I tell you what, this is quite surprising. So, Wrexham, I know they're a league below Shrewsbury. They were favourites to beat Shrewsbury away. Now, I know they're flying high and they've got all the, the hype behind them, but I still think that's pretty mad how you can be a league below a team and, and be favourites to beat them away. And they did, 1-0, so the bookies don't get it wrong. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just found that quite baffling, really. And the other thing I need to mention is Bam- Patrick Bamford's goal. Bamford's oh, goal. yeah. What yeah. a goal. Yeah. Yeah. Was, See, you don't need a host for this podcast. See, you just get involved. Everyone get involved. Let's do that now. Oh, shut up, shut up and do your job. Taking over, Tom. <laughs> no, I mean it was it was just a beautiful finish, wasn't it, Tom? There's not much mm. more you can say about it. The ball from Ampadu yeah. was perfect and then yeah, touch was... and it's one of those I'd imagine that as soon as you've got the touch right, you know that you know what's yeah. gonna happen, you know where it's going. Yeah, yeah. I tell yeah. you what though, the goal was a lot better than their shirts. Oh dear, oh dear. Oh. Yeah, there's a few iffy kits knocking around nowadays. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? Come on, and also, also Ampadu get scoring his first ever senior goal. Yeah, and he got a couple as well. Yeah. Like yeah. buses, Thorpe, eh? He's got like another 10 bus. Like buses. <laughs> well, the evening offering was um, Arsenal Liverpool, and I think Mikel Arteta will be absolutely livid <laughs> the amount of chances that they wasted in this one. And. Thorpe, it was almost inevitable that once those chances kept going, going begging and begging and begging, that there was probably only going to be one winner, and so it turned out to be. Well, uh, it, they could have easily been four uh, nil up at half time. Uh, we rode our luck, um, made some bad errors, kept hold of the ball for too long, just didn't play well first half at all. You know, and he's got to be absolutely distraught that he can't score a goal at the moment. I mean, they're, they're actual, like, on shots on goal, their um, predicted goals would have been, in the last so many games, would have been 6.6. And they actually scored one. Yeah, I think um, they've had 72 shots and scored two. Yeah, like yeah, I think. yeah it's, it, it's crazy, <laughs> right? So, um, um, but yeah, good good for us. Eventually, we, we started playing second half and, um, you know, a good delivery for the first goal, but a bit unlucky being at home goal and then uh, a little bit of class for the second one in the 95th minute um, to secure it but um, yeah not, not not the best performance from Liverpool but um, um, I think it, uh, Arsenal got to be fans have got to be distraught with it with their with their form at the moment and because um, to be fair they battered us in the first half and um, we weren't even at the races and uh, you know to, to come out of that nil nil would have been absolutely ecstatic and um, and then eventually getting getting the win you know he's, he's, he's got to be well happy well, it just showed the need that they, you know, for a sort of an out-and-out, out, you know, goal scorer in that number number nine position because, yeah. you know, the amount of balls that were going in towards that area and uh, Havertz as it was yesterday just yeah. um, just didn't really seem that up to it. Well, I'm, I'm, a bit dis- I'm not disappointed. I'm a bit, feel sorry for him because he's not an out-and-out out number nine. You know, he, he's, he's probably a number ten. Well, what does that say to Inketia that he went with? Um, Havertz, yeah. who had been playing well in the midfield possession, yeah, position, yeah. and then changed it all around. Well, I think you, you got to say that that's that's the fault of the manager. You know, it, it, listen, you can make great decisions, but you can also make a few howlers. And I think that why when he's playing really well in that in that midfield area, then and you've got Inketia, who's to be fair, not let um, you know, probably hasn't got quite the class of what they require, but has not let them down and. Um, and, and really performed well and scored a decent, you know, a few decent goals. That that you would put him him up front instead of Inketia. Bit strange. I tell you what, though, I'm not one uh, that's known for praising Arsenal, but I sat there and watched and some of their short passing when they're on the attack and faced with a sort of a blanket Liverpool. Oh, it's uh, lovely. Cut, it's absolutely mesmerising. It's fantastic. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't yeah. like saying that about a, a comp- but I mean, they were. You can't, you can't knock it. It was brilliant. Some of their play. Odegaard's class, isn't he? Mm. Oh, 
Absolute class. Yeah. Well, and Absolutely. Saka, I've been, you know, you know, Saka always looks dangerous when he's on the ball to me. But to me, he, 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 I think that he's a little dip in form. I think you, you need a little bit of a kick at the bum and uh, needs to get his form back, going, going you know, to, to what it was before. But ultimately, you know, if everybody's sort of like, uh, even the non-Arsenal fans are saying they need a striker, you know, why are they not, they're, why are they not pushing Windows open. Yeah, the windows open FFP. now. I think the Arsenal's problem is FFP there. I'm struggling a little bit um, on that side of things. So. So I think, but you're right. I think if they can move Enketia on, maybe Thomas Party, maybe Smith Rowe, then that might free up something for them. To yeah, Smith Rowe. I wouldn't get rid of Enketia though. He's I like him. I love Smith Rowe. Before he got injured, he was he was looking mustard. Yeah, but Enketia, would you, you wouldn't get rid of him, would you? You know, what, really? Well, in, like you just said. Exactly. They, he obviously doesn't fancy him enough to to no, want to start him. No, so, is no, there a time so where might, you know? I think Palace yeah, are keen on him. So if, yeah, if they come in with a, a reasonable yeah, 20, 25, 30 million, you'd have to yeah. let him go. You know, no, it, it'd not be funny if Crystal Palace come him in. As well. you, you see him, you can see him set, settling into that side, couldn't you? Yeah, for him yeah. as well. Like you know, you think well, he deserves he deserves to go and you know fly his wings. Well, Tommy, you mentioned you mentioned FFP there, so I guess we'll have to um, just <laughs> signal out um, Manchester Manchester City because yeah, so there's a few options to be fair, but we'll do Man City Thorpe because um, it was a you know it was a non-contest as we thought it would be against Huddersfield at home, De Bruyne back, but uh, talking of form at the moment, Phil Foden is on it. Yeah, absolutely on it. You know, like you say, it's a you know they'd have probably done that to a top team. You know, and unfortunately, Huddersfield got there, not weren't even close to him, and they passed it. But they say about passing ability; it's just, it's just like say, mesmerising, and uh, and and uh, they're they're so clinical, aren't they? And they were like, they were, sometimes you can say when in game oh, we're a yard short of this one, this pace of the game. They must have been two yards short of the pace of this game because uh, you know they they just they just scored when they wanted to, really. And um, you know, it was just um, a, a run of the mill, excellent performance from Man City. He's getting a real good run in the side at the moment as well, isn't he? Where is yeah, it? yeah. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a top player. Where he wants to play as well in the pocket. Yeah. Yeah, he's a top player. Yeah. Top player, you know. Yeah, 5-0. I had that on my Super 6 as well, so that was always nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I, I won a tournament on it. We paid 10 each. I know there's 145 of us. I Brilliant. Yeah, well, ideal. Ideal. Drinks are on you then, Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gone, man. It's Christmas. It's gone. <laughs> so just a couple of minutes left then to just wrap up a couple of the other results. I just sort of mentioned the Bristol side's aid because Bristol Rovers got a creditable 1-1 draw up at Norwich and Bristol City with uh, getting an equaliser against um, West Ham. So I think both teams will be pretty happy with those performances. Well, they might be, but I'm not. Bristol Rovers cost me £111 on an accumulator on Saturday. Useless lot. I'm sure they will personally um, send you the short for way. Oh, uh, well, I hope they will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's well. a mugs game. Yeah, it is a mugs game. Please gamble responsibly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was only a fiver, but I mean, it was, it was a seven. Hey, it all adds up. It well, like, your pension. God alive. I know, but a seven timer. You, you know, you don't often get near a seven timer. A hundred and eleven pound was sitting there. And I just could not egg a goal in. It was hopeless. Yeah, one thing you haven't mentioned, Dave. Go on. The, ma- the massive game on Thursday, Saudi Arabia won Lebanon nil. Come on, you mentioned it the other day. <laughs> oh, hey? oh no, it was, it, it, was, it was South Korea, Iraq. Oh, was it? Oh, I yes. apologise. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'll follow Iraq. I don't follow Lebanon. No, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> rephrase that, I'm not a complete idiot. <laughs> <laughs> We start World War Three now. Maybe we'll wrap it up. <laughs> so uh, I think that is just about time now, anyway. So boys, thank you very much for another. Next time offering. we'll get Tottenham. There's my Ooh. prediction. Oh. Go on then, quickly round table. Who name one draw you think is going to come out of the hat, Thorpe? Start with you. I'm going to go for Maidstone Liverpool. Maidstone Liverpool. Tommy's yes. Go- uh, Tommy's going Maidstone Spurs. Aid, we'll stick with Maidstone then. Who are they getting in the next round? Well, I was going to say Bristol Rovers are going to get Man United and we're going to hammer them to get my revenge on them. So, uh, 
But there you go. Actually, I was going to say Wigan. <laughs> Dave, do you want to have a pop, Dave? <laughs> Dave, do you want to have a pop? Uh, I will say that they will get uh, West Brom away and they'll be really disappointed with oh, it. Where's the passion and the, the FA Cup love? You just put right damp squid all over yeah. it. Yeah, and then it won't be on the telly either, just to just to annoy them even more. And Thorpey's done his best to be provocative this night as well. I can see it. He's got it written all over him. I'm going to be provocative today. <laughs> on the Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, well, gents, Tommy. we'll call it there. So it just gives me a chance to say, Tommy, thank you very much for joining us again, sir, and hope to speak to you soon and you cheers fellow panel and fellow listeners enjoy your week for joining us mate absolute pleasure as always a very good evening to you all from myself dave Pryor, ad hopper over to you uh and thank you everybody for listening to football bloody hell